Chapter Four, Part Six of Famous Stories Every Child Should Know. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matt Perard. Famous Stories Every Child Should Know. Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter Four, Part Six. Undine by Friedrich, Baron de la Motte Funk, of a bridal. A gentle tap at the door broke the silence and made them all start. It sometimes happens that a mere trifle, coming quite unexpectedly, strikes the senses with terror. They looked at each other, hesitating. The tap was repeated, accompanied by a deep groan, and the knight grasped his sword. But the old man muttered, If it is what I fear, it is not a sword that will help us. Undine, however, stepped forward to the door and said boldly and sharply, If you are after any mischief, you spirits of earth, Colborne shall teach you manners. The terror of the others increased at these strange words. They looked at the maiden with awe, and Holbrand was just mustering courage to ask her a question when a voice answered her, from without. I am no spirit of earth. Call me, if you will, a spirit pent in mortal clay. If you fear God and will be charitable, you dwellers in the cottage, open the door to me. Undine opened it before he had done speaking, and held out a lamp into the stormy night, so as to show them the figure of an aged priest, who started back as the radiant beauty of Undine flashed upon his sight. Well might he suspect magic and witchery when so bright a vision shone out of a mean-looking cottage. He accordingly began a canticle. All good spirits give praise to the Lord. I am no ghost, said Undine, smiling. Am I so frightful to behold? And you may see that a pious saying has no terrors for me. I worship God, too, and praise Him after my own fashion. He has not created us all alike. Come in, venerable father. You will find worthy folks here. The holy man walked in, bowing and casting his eyes around, and looking most mild and venerable. Every fold of his dark garment was dripping with water, and so were his long white beard and hoary locks. The fisherman and the knight led him to a bedroom and gave him change of clothing, while the women dried his wet garments by the hearth-fire. The aged stranger thanked them with all humility and gentleness, but would by no means accept of the knight's splendid mantle, which he offered him. He chose himself an old grey wrapper of the fisherman's instead. So they returned to the kitchen. The dame upgave her own armchair to the priest, and had no peace till he sat himself down on it. For, said she, you are old and weary, and a priest besides. Undine pushed her little footstool toward the good man's feet, and altogether behaved to him quite properly and gracefully. Huldbrand took notice of this, in a playful whisper, but she answered very gravely, because he is a servant of the maker of us all that is too serious for a jest. Meantime, 
the two men set meat and wine before their guest, and when he had recruited his strength a little, he began his story, saying that the day before he had left his monastery, which was a good way off beyond the lake, intending to visit the bishop at his palace and report to him the distress which these almost supernatural floods had caused the monks and their poor tenantry. After going round a long way to avoid these floods, he had been obliged toward evening to cross an arm of the overflowing lake with the help of two honest sailors. But, added he, no sooner had our little vessel touched the waves than we were wrapped in the tremendous storm which is still raging over our heads now. It looked as if the waters had only awaited our coming to give a loose to their fury. The oars were soon dashed from the seamen's hands, and we saw their broken fragments carried further and further from us by the waves. We floated on the wave-tops, helpless, driven by the furious tempest toward your shores, which we saw in the distance whenever the clouds parted for a moment. The boat was tossed about still more wildly and giddily, and whether it upset or I fell out, I cannot tell. I floated on till a wave landed me at the foot of a tree in this your island. Aye, island indeed, said the fisherman. It was a promontory but a short time ago. But since the stream and our lake are gone raving mad together, everything about us is new and strange. The priest continued. As I crept along the waterside in the dark, with a wild uproar around me, something caught my eye, and presently I described a beaten pathway, which was soon lost in the shades. I spied the light in your cottage and ventured to come hither, and I cannot sufficiently thank my heavenly Father, who has not only delivered me from the waters, but guided me to such kind souls. I feel this blessing the more, as it is very likely I may never see any faces but yours again. How so? asked the fisherman. Can you guess how long this fury of the elements may last? replied the priest. And I am an old man. My stream of life may perhaps lose itself in the earth before these floods subside. And besides, it may be the foaming waters will divide you from the forest more and more, till you are unable to get across in your fishing-boat, and the people of the mainland, full of their own concerns, would quite forget you in your retreat. Shuddering and crossing herself, the fisherman's wife exclaimed, God forbid! But the old man smiled at her, and said, What creatures we are! That would make no difference to you, at least, my dear wife. How many years is it since you have set foot within the forest? And have you seen any face but Undine's and mine? Lately, indeed, we have had the good knight and priest besides, but they would stay with us, so that if we are forgotten in this island, you will be the gainer. So I see, said the dame, yet somehow it is cheerless to feel ourselves quite cut off from the rest of the world however seldom we had seen it before. "'Then you will stay with us,' murmured Undine in a sweet voice, and she pressed closer to Huldebrand's side. But he was lost in deep thought. 
since the priest had last spoken the land beyond the wild stream had seemed to his fancy more dark and distant than ever while the flowery island he had lived in and his bride the fairest flower in the picture bloomed and smiled more and more freshly in his imagination here was the priest at hand to unite them and to complete his resolution the old dame just then darted a reproving look at undine for clinging to her lover's side in the holy man's presence an angry lecture seemed on the point of beginning he turned toward the priest and these words burst from him you see before you a betrothed pair reverend sir if this damsel and the kind old people will consent you shall unite us this very evening the old folks were much surprised such a thought had often crossed their minds but they had never till this moment heard it uttered and it now fell upon their ears like an unexpected thing undine had suddenly become quite grave and sat musing deeply while the priest inquired into various circumstances and asked the old couple's consent to the deed after some deliberation they gave it the dame went away to prepare the young people's bridal chamber and to fetch from her stores two consecrated tapers for the wedding ceremony meanwhile the knight was pulling two rings off his gold chain for himself and his bride to exchange but this roused undine from her reverie and she said stay my parents did not send me into the world quite penniless they looked forward long ago to this occasion and provided for it she quickly withdrew and returned bringing two costly rings one of which she gave to her betrothed and kept the other herself this astonished the old fisherman and still more his wife who came in soon after for they neither of them had ever seen these jewels about the child my parents said undine had these rings sewed into the gay dress which i wore when first i came to you they charged me to let no one know of them till my wedding day came therefore i took them secretly out of the dress and have kept them hidden till this evening here the priest put a stop to the conversation by lighting the holy tapers placing them on the table and calling the young pair to him with few and solemn words he joined their hands the aged couple gave their blessing while the bride leaned upon her husband pensive and trembling when it was over the priest said you are stranger people after all what did you mean by saying you were the only inhabitants of this island during the whole ceremony there was a fine-looking tall man in a white cloak standing just outside the window opposite me he must be near the door still if you like to invite him in heaven forbid said the dame shuddering the old man shook his head without speaking and holdbrand rushed to the window he could fancy he saw a streak of white but it was soon lost in darkness so he assured the priest he must have been mistaken and they all sat down comfortably round the fire end of chapter four part six